My name is Oliver, and I am seven years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he is the greatest. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm Thomas Morse, and I'm so excited to share in God's Word with you today. I've been working with Alicia Yoder to finish out the story of 2 Samuel. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about me. I served as an officer in the United States Marine Corps. For those of you who don't know, the Marine Corps is kind of like the Army, except much better. Just kidding. Kind of. Marines travel around the world on Navy ships and sometimes have to fight other people in wars when the president tells us to. My Marines and I fought a group of people in a country called Afghanistan, which was sometimes scary. Thankfully, God protected my men and I, and we all came home. Even though this is one of the most difficult times in my life, I'm so thankful for the experiences. One of the reasons is that they helped me understand many characters in the Bible much better, like King David, who was also a warrior, or the centurion that Jesus talks to. Last week, we talked about when David found out about the death of King Saul and his best friend, Jonathan. News of their death saddened David, even though Saul had caused David much trouble in his life. He knew that the death of the king was sad news and that many Israelites were going to suffer because of it. This week, we're going to hear a story about how right David was. After the death of King Saul, Saul's son, Ishbosheth, tries to force his way onto the throne. Saul's head general, Abner, begins trying to help Saul's son become the king. David and his general, Joab, end up fighting against the tribe of Benjamin because they know that God has declared and anointed David the king by the hand of Samuel the prophet after God had rejected Saul as the king. Let's read today's story. After Saul and Jonathan died, David asked the Lord for advice. Should I go up to one of the towns of Judah, he asked. And the Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where should I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives. David also took his men and their families with him. They made their homes in Hebron and its town. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David to be king over the people of Judah. David was told that the men from Jabesh-Gilead had buried Saul's body. So he sent messengers to them to speak for him. The messenger said, You were kind to bury the body of your master Saul. May the Lord bless you for that, and may he now be kind and faithful to you. David will treat you well for being kind to Saul's body. Now then, be strong and brave. Your master Saul is dead, and the people of Judah have anointed David to be king over them. Abner, the son of Ner, was commander of Saul's army. Abner had brought Saul's son Ishbosheth to Mahanaim. There, Abner made Ishbosheth king 
over the areas of northern Israel. Ishbosheth was 40 years old when he became king over Israel, and he ruled for two years. But the people of Judah remained faithful to David. David was king in Hebron over the people of Judah for seven and a half years. Abner left Mahanaim and went to Gibeon, and the men of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went with him. Joab and David's men also went out. All of them met at the pool in Gibeon. One group sat down on one side of the pool, and the other group sat down on the other side. And then Abner said to Joab, Let's have some of the young men get up and fight. Let's tell them to fight hand to hand in front of us. All right, let them do it, Joab said. So the young men stood up and were counted off. There were twelve on the side of Benjamin, and Saul's son Ishbosheth, and there were twelve on David's side. Each man grabbed one of his enemies by the head, and each one stuck his dagger in the other man's side, and all of them fell down together and died. So that place in Gibeon was named Field of Swords. The fighting that day was very heavy. Abner and the Israelites lost the battle to David's men. The three sons of Zeruiah were there. Their names were Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Asahel was quick on his feet as a wild antelope and he chased Abner. He didn't turn to the right or the left as he chased him. Abner looked behind him, and he asked, Asahel, is that you? It is, he answered. Then Abner said to him, Turn to the right or the left. Fight one of the young men. Take his weapons away from him. But Asahel would not stop chasing him. And again Abner warned Asahel, Stop chasing me. If you don't, I'll strike you down. And then how could I look your brother Joab in the face? But Asahel refused to give up the chase. So Abner killed him with his spear, and every man stopped when he came to the place where Asahel had fallen and died. But Joab and Abishai chased Abner because he had killed their brother Asahel. As the sun was going down, they came to a small hill, and the men of Benjamin gathered in a group around Abner. They took their stand on top of a hill. And Abner called out to Joab, Do you want our swords to keep on killing us off? Don't you know that all this fighting will end in bitter feelings? How long will it be before you order your men to stop chasing their fellow Israelites? And Joab answered, It's a good thing that you spoke up, because if you hadn't, the men would have kept chasing them until morning, and that's just as sure as God is alive. So Joab blew a trumpet, and all the troops stopped. They didn't chase Israel anymore. They didn't fight anymore either. All that night, Abner and his men marched. They went across the Jordan River, and all morning long they kept going, and finally they came to Mahanaim, where they started. Then Joab stopped chasing Abner. He gathered together the whole army. Besides Asahel, only 19 of David's men were missing. But David's men had killed 360 men from Benjamin, who were with Abner. They got Asahel's body, and they buried it in his father's tomb at Bethlehem. Then Joab and his men marched all night, and they arrived at Hebron at sunrise. Now, the war between Saul's royal house and David's royal house, it lasted a long time. David kept growing stronger and stronger, but the royal house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David in Hebron during this war. His sons were the firstborn Amnon, and then Kiliab, and then Absalom, Adonijah, Shephatiah, Ithream. These sons were all born to 
to David's six different wives in Hebron. The fighting continued between David's royal house and Saul's royal house. Abner gained more and more power in the royal house of Saul. Ishbosheth accused Abner of taking one of the women that belonged to Saul. Abner was very angry because of what Ishbosheth said. So Abner said, Do you think that I'm only a dog's head? Am I on Judah's side? Did this day I've been faithful to the royal house of your father Saul? I've been faithful to his family and friends, and I haven't handed you over to David, but now you claim that I've sinned with this woman. I will do for David what the Lord promised him. If I don't, may God punish me greatly. I'll take the kingdom away from Saul's royal house, and I'll set up the throne of David's kingdom over Israel and Judah. He will rule over all of Israel. Ishbosheth didn't dare say another word to Abner. He was much too afraid of him. Abner talked with the elders of Israel, and he said, For some time you've wanted to make David your king. Now do it. The Lord made a promise to David. He said, I'll rescue my people Israel from the power of the Philistines. I'll also rescue them from all their enemies. I will rescue them through my servant David. Abner also spoke to the people of Benjamin in person. Then he went to Hebron to tell David everything. He told them what Israel and all the people of Benjamin wanted to do. Abner had twenty men with him, and they came to David at Hebron. So David prepared a feast for Abner and his men. Then Abner said to David, Let me go right now, and I'll gather all the Israelites together for you. After all, you're now the king and my master. The people can make a covenant with you, and then you can rule over everyone you want to. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Just then, David's men and Joab came back from attacking their enemies. They brought with them the large amount of goods that they had taken, but Abner wasn't with David in Hebron anymore. That's because David had sent him away, and he had gone in peace. Joab and all of his soldiers arrived with him. Then he was told that Abner, the son of Ner, had come to see the king. He was told the king had sent Abner away, and he was also told that Abner had gone in peace. So Joab went to the king and he said, What have you done? Abner came to you? Why did you let him get away? Now he's gone. And you know what Abner, the son of Ner, is like? He came to trick you. He wanted to watch your every move, and he came to find out everything that you were doing. And then Joab left David. He sent messengers to get Abner, and they brought Abner back from the well of Sarah. But David didn't know about it. When Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him to one side, and he brought him into an inside room. Joab acted as if he wanted to speak to him in private, but he really wanted to get even with him. That's because Abner had spilled the blood of Joab's brother, Asahel. So Joab stabbed Abner in the stomach, and he died. Later on, David heard about it. He said, I and the people of my kingdom aren't guilty of spilling the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. We are free from blame forever in the sight of the Lord. May Joab and his whole family line be held accountable for spilling Abner's blood. He was very upset with Joab and his brother and wanted to make sure everyone knew it. Joab and his brother Abishai murdered Abner. They did it because he had killed their brother Asahel in battle at Gibeon. David spoke to Joab and all the people with him, and he said, Tear your clothes. Put on the rough clothing that people wear when they're sad. Mourn when you walk in front of Abner's body. King David himself walked behind it. Abner's body was buried in Hebron, and the king wept aloud at Abner's tomb, and so did the rest of the people. 
King David sang a song of sadness over Abner. He said, Should Abner have died as sinful people do? His hands were not tied. His feet were not chained. He died as if he had been killed by evil people. All the people mourned over Abner again, and then all of them came and begged David to eat something. They wanted him to eat while it was still day. But David made a promise, and he said, I I won't taste bread or anything else before the sun goes down. If I do, may God punish me greatly. All the people heard his promise, and they were pleased. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. So on that day, all the people there and all the Israelites understood. They knew that the king didn't have anything to do with the murder of Abner, the son of Ner. The king spoke to his men. He said, Don't you realize that a great commander has died in Israel today? I am the anointed king, but today I am weak. These sons of Zeruiah are too powerful for me. May the Lord pay back the one who killed Abner. May he pay him back for the evil thing he has done. Wow, now those are some violent stories. David was right to be sad that King Saul had died. So many more people died because of the fighting that followed. Wouldn't it have just been better if Saul had turned back to God, had recognized David as the true king, and humbly given up the throne to God's true king? Instead, he stubbornly refused God's will, and his son Jonathan, whom Saul wanted to be the next king, died in the same battle as Saul. His other son Ishbosheth followed in Saul's footsteps, fighting and killing his fellow Israelites instead of submitting to God's anointed king. What did you think about the generals in this story? David's general Joab was loyal to David until his brother was killed by Saul's general Abner. Then the feud between these two families spiraled into more death and destruction. Something else you might have noticed was how many wives David had. Today, men usually don't have more than one wife, but David seemed to be collecting them like trophies. When the books of First and Second Samuel were written, it was not unusual for powerful men to get lots of wives. Sometimes they did it to make alliances with other kings, and sometimes they took wives just because it made them feel strong. David will soon suffer the consequences of taking so many wives, even though God warns his kings not to do this very thing. By the way, do you know about kings? Kings can do really whatever they want. They don't have to listen to anyone. They can do as they please because they're in control of the army and they're in control of their kingdom. Did you know that you have a king too? Even if you don't know it, there's someone or something that rules over your life. Some people try to make themselves the king of their own life. When they do this, they think that they don't have to listen to anyone else because they're the king. Other people make video games the king of their life. They play video games and they watch shows about video games and their video games end up running their whole lives, just like a king. This can happen with all sorts of things. If you take anything and make it the king of your life, it will end up acting a lot like Saul or Ishbosheth. Remember how scared they got? They were scared and fearful of losing their power. Bad kings always demand more and more of their subjects until there is nothing left. Instead, we need a good king. Jesus is the king that we should have over our lives. King David was a pretty good king, but as we'll see, even he ends up acting a lot like Saul and Ishbosheth every once in a while. Jesus is the best king that we could hope for, though. Some people think that making Jesus the king of their life means that their life will be bad or filled with rules. 
but Jesus tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. This means that he is a good king. Jesus knows all the best things that we need. It also means he'll help us understand the right things to do. You know, Jesus gives us a helper called the Holy Spirit who guides us to make better decisions. Jesus is the only one worthy to be the king because he's God. God has always wanted to be our king and he's waiting for you to make him the king of your life. The amazing story that we see in the Bible is that God actually calls us to rule with him. Jesus calls God his father and he teaches his followers to do the same. That means that we are royalty. Did you know that you are a prince or a princess? It's good news to know who the real king is, because he's a good king and he will never let you down. Let's pray. Dear God, we're so thankful that your son Jesus came to earth to show us what a true king looks like. Good kings don't put armies together, hurt others, or force people to do what they want. Your good son gave up his life, and he used his power to defeat the true enemy, which was sin and death. We are so thankful for this miraculous gift, and we pray that you guide us and you help us to act like the princes and princesses we are every single day. We pray these things in your son's powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode. Hope to talk to you next time.